have a healing service uh, today, and uh, I'm so confident we're going to see healing. Yeah. Uh, we did see healing on, I think it was about 14 people that came out uh, last Wednesday night, and uh, they were healed. I didn't get to pray for one of them. Before I got to her, God got there. Before I got there, she was gone. <laughs> he said, yeah, I don't need your prayer. I'm gone. God's healed me. And uh, I like it that way. And God's going to do that. I'm going to let you know this. The Holy Spirit is here today. And probably before I'm through with the message, you already healed your seat. I really believe that. God's going to heal everyone this morning. If you're sick in the body, God's going to heal Stand up with me. We need to acknowledge the presence of our, the Holy Spirit. He is the Lord. You know, a lot of people pray to Jesus. They worship Jesus. They worship the Father. And that's good. But we don't realize the one that is really here with us right now. The God, the part of the Godhead, just like Jesus had his time on the earth, the one that is really here with us right now, he's called the Holy Spirit. Just like you say, Lord Jesus, he is Lord, Holy Spirit. He is the Lord. Please honor him. Honor him. I pray that God gives you that wisdom. He is the Lord. Honor him just like you honor Jesus. Welcome him. He is the helper because we need help. I need help. I need help. So I cry out to him in the name of Jesus and I get the help. So he's going to help us today. All the miracles, he's going to be the one doing it in the name of Jesus. And he is the creator. And so some people are going to be receiving new body parts today. And uh, God's going to heal you. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. Thank you, Jesus. I believe, Lord, that you are already healing your people. Delivering your people. Healing their minds. Healing their emotions, healing their bodies, giving them new body parts so that they can truly worship you in strength because you are our strength and the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you, Spirit of God, in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Uh, I'm going to say this today. I'm not in a hurry. I want the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do. Sometimes we are too much in a hurry. You have to realize Jesus spent hours laying hands on individuals one after the other. And they waited for their turn. Every one of them. Waited. We're too much in a hurry. God can transform your life in a second. There's always a time. There's always a season. If you miss your season, it may be 40 years later before you enter the promised land. Be patient with him. Be still. Wait on him. He rewards those who wait on him. We're not in a hurry today. We're going to let God be God. Amen? And if you feel you have to leave, that's okay. Nobody condemns you for that. And don't feel condemned. God knows what's happening. 
but I want you all, some of us, especially the young people, I want them to see God heal. That's what we did on Wednesday. I made some people stand and see with their own eyes. How many saw God heal people and saw leg grow out? You saw that. So I want them to see. So we're not playing games. This is not magic. This is the Lord himself being himself in his pres the presence of his people. And he'll heal today. Amen. So I'm very confident. I don't have to prove anything. He is here. He'll heal his people. So relax. Just wait for him to do his thing. Amen. That's the way it is. Amen. If, you, if a woman who was married to a very wealthy uh, husband and the husband had died maybe two months past, three months past, and she says to you, I wonder uh, whether or not my wealthy, my wealthy husband left anything of value for me in his will. What would you say to her? You ask, where is the will? She says it's at home with God with a lawyer or whoever. Why don't you read the will? If you read the will, then you won't have to be in the dark. You know what belongs to you. He has it already. All you have to do is read the will. The Bible, the word testament is will. That's the word. Testament means will. Do you want to know what God wills for you? Read the will. Read the will. Talk to your lawyer about the will. Guess who the lawyer is? Jesus himself. Tell him. Let's walk this will out. Read the will. Find out what's there for you. And talk to your lawyer. That's what he left for me. Let's go after it. And guess what? This is a lawyer. He won't beat you out of your will. He'll help you. To get everything that's written in the will for you. And he's happy. Because he paid the price. With his own blood. For you in the will. So read the will. That's what you tell the woman. Read the will. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 20 says it this way. To the law and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. If they don't speak according to this word, it's because there is no light in them. I'm going to be doing things a little different from the way you know church today, okay? So bear with me, okay? When people say things against the word of God, they mean well. They believe what they believe, and they stand by what they believe. But if it's contrary to the word, don't, you don't need to be afraid or surprised by it. They have no light in them. They don't have light. So I don't have to worry about how they feel. Amen? Jesus and the life of Jesus is the manifestation of God's will for every man. The life Jesus lived, his life was the physical expression of God's will for your life. 
everything Jesus did, he did because that was the will of God. So if I want to know what the will of God is for my life, just look at Jesus and what he did. If he didn't like something, then I know God's will says that's not good for me. So it was the expression of God's will. Hebrews 10 verse 7, Jesus, before he came to the world, this is what he said. When God said in heaven, I don't want all these animal sacrifices anymore. I'm, I'm tired with it. Don't want it anymore. Then the Bible says, behold. It says, then I said, that's Jesus before he came. Then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. I mean, you know, Jesus is the word of God. He says, it is written of me to do your will, O God. So Jesus came to do just one thing, the will of God. In the book, it was written of him, behold, I come to do your will, O God, it's written of me. So everything Jesus did, it was demonstrating, manifesting the very will of God for us. John 6, 38, Jesus himself speaking. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will. I didn't come to do my own will. But the will of him who sent me. That's the will of the Father. So everything Jesus did, that was God's will. He only did what he saw the Father do. Jesus said, even the words that I speak, they are not my words. What I hear him say, that's what I express. I don't do anything of my own. I can of my own self do nothing. What, I, what he shows me is what I tell He's going to show me more. And whatever he shows me, I don't care if you plan to kill me, I'll do it. That's the way Jesus was. So what was Jesus' conduct towards sickness and disease? I have to see what he did with sickness and disease. Because in the church... We have a problem. A lot of people are not sure if God really wants to heal them. They wonder, is it God's will to heal everybody? And if it's God's will to heal everybody, how come his uh, holy brother so-and-so is not healed? And they know of a pastor who died. And everybody was praying. And crying out and nothing happened. And so they think, how can you tell us that God wants to heal everybody if, if brother so-and-so died? I mean, you have to deal with that. And we all prayed. And you're wondering, how can that be? And that's been a real problem in the church. But I made up my mind a long time ago. I don't care how holy the brother is. I can compare him to the word of God. I'm not going to say because it didn't happen to brother so-and-so, therefore the word of God must not be right. Who is brother so-and-so? Even if he's the Pope, he is not the word of God. You don't take a man and put him in the same place with the word of God and say if it didn't happen to him, therefore the word of God must be wrong. That's a wrong standard. That's an insult to God himself. That's a serious insult. I don't know the man. I don't know what he thinks in his heart. I don't know what he believes. But if Jesus said, be it unto you according to your faith, I don't know him. I'm not going to take any man and put him in the same level with the word of God and say, because it didn't happen to this man, then it can't happen to anybody. That's wrong. 
That's totally wrong. I have to go by what I, saw, what I see Jesus doing. And if that's what he's doing, I want to know that's the will of God. That's the will of God. No fear of man. That's what is important. So how was Jesus' conduct towards sickness and disease? How did he handle them? In Matthew chapter 4, verse 30, 23 and 24, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds, all kinds of sickness. It didn't matter what kind they got, he healed them. He preached everywhere, and everywhere he went, he was healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Do we have people here today, this morning? All kinds, among the people. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he, come, if he was here with us among his people, he will still today heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Right here. If he were here. And he's here today. That's the revelation. He says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. He's here today. And he's not going to be different Jesus than he was in Bible days. He will still be the same Jesus and he'll heal you this morning. Because he healed every one of them. Every sickness and every disease. He healed them. He says in verse 24, Then his fame went, about, went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all... Everybody said the word all... Is they brought to him all sick people. Get them out of the hospital. We got a better doctor in town. He says he's going to die if you move him. He said, let him die. We're taking him down. They brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments. And those who were demon possessed. Epileptics and paralytics. And what did he do? How many were brought to him? All, and he did heal what? All of them. And if you were in that crowd, he'll heal you as well. And well, well, I wish I was in Jesus' time and I was in the crowd where you were not there, but you're here this morning and he's here. Amen? And he's here. He's here. Matthew 9, verse 35. My wife read that. Then Jesus went about all cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Do we have people here this morning? And how many sickness? Every. Every sickness, every disease. That's him demonstrating the will of God. If it was not God's will to heal every sickness or every disease, then he will have to put his hand on the fellow and say, Father, do you mean to heal this one or not? Oh, no, not pet, go by. Uh, nest, God doesn't want to heal this one. <sighs> that would be really rough. But he did heal every one of them. In John 12, uh, Matthew 12, verse 15, he says, But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, from there, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. 
It didn't matter what they had. He could care less. They just have to be following him. And they just have to ask for healing. He healed them all. He healed them all. He healed them all. We got several people here on Wednesday nights. Almost everybody got healed. From one, almost every single one of them got healed on Wednesday night from the same problem. It was back, lower back pain. How many were here saw that? Everybody, almost everybody got healed. That's God. That's God showing he is still the same person. He hasn't changed. Hasn't changed. I have a, a, a very special person with me this morning. I told you I'm going to be doing service a little different. How many of you have heard mom, as me talk about somebody called Mama, Georgia? I talk a lot about Georgia. And Papa, I got Mama and Papa, with me, not Papa and Papa with me, but Mama with me this morning. Mama, would you stand up? That's Mama. <coughs> Don't come up here. Come up here. Yes. Do you see the net? That's Mama for me. And I've known her since 1980. And uh, being very supportive. When we started this church, Mama and Papa, Papa is going to be with the Lord now. They, they left, they came from Georgia. Our very first service, they were with us. Two years later, they came to see what God was doing. <laughs> we had been in the other building. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the year 2001, what? 2001, I talked to them. Papa was 80 years old then. I talked to them. I, I was going to do a crusade in Nigeria. And I said, uh, you guys want to come? And Papa went with me. Uh, I went, both of them went with me. And then we went to Nigeria. I went ahead of them because I knew I needed to keep the Americans comfortable, find a decent hotel room and all of that stuff, make sure they're okay. And so when they got there, but when I got there, I started telling the Nigerians I was bringing Papa to Nigeria. He's 80 years old. The Nigerians said, you're bringing 80 years old. You want to kill him? <laughs> what are you doing this for? This is t- tough. Uh, but they arrived, and we ministered. I was uh, out, you know, I, I told them what to do. I had to pray with people. And I would stand around, and Papa and Mama, they were casting out devils. I mean, mama was yelling, come out! And I'm saying, whoa, that's real mama. And papa was, he was, they were doing stuff. You want to share with them this, uh, about the kid that couldn't work? Yeah. You prayed with, you yeah. prayed, okay, yeah. I didn't share with them. You got the microphone here. Oh, okay. Yes, I, I'm telling you I'm doing something different today, okay? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't meet the teacher in the Sunday school class this morning, and I'm not sure if he's in here, is he? Uh, Brother Daramola, yes. I was so touched because when we went to Nigeria, my husband was 80. What, what the brother said this morning is no matter how old you are, God can use you. And we found that out when we went. And uh, good luck, as he said, gave some brief instructions. And this was all new to us. At first he said, There's, when you're casting out demons, it's a little devil. And don't let any fear show, because then they'll take over. 
So, but one day, at one of the, it was the first one, I think, the first pastor's conference, this woman came, and she had a little boy. He was over two years old, and he had never walked. And he was not deformed. His legs, there was nothing wrong with his legs. They were just very, very small, very skinny. And so good luck comes over, and he just says, pray for that little boy to walk. And I never prayed for anybody to walk. And so Papa and I got him. I took him first just to kind of move him around. I put him on my feet facing me, and I kind of moved my legs so his legs would start moving, you know, to kind of get the idea across to him. And then I turned him around and still had his feet on top of mine. And as my husband prayed, and I was praying with him, we watched and everybody there watched. Those little legs started strengthening. You could see, you could see they didn't just spurt out, but it was like they gained gained strength. And you could see that there was something going on. And then I started walking, and he was moving his legs with me. I I would have had a problem, you know, making him move his legs if he didn't cooperate. So then a little later, we were praying for the little boy's mother. We didn't understand, you know, she had a grown son, and we didn't understand why this child wasn't walking because we knew she must know how to to show her child or teach her child how to walk. And she was very, very grieved and frustrated so anyway my husband was going to pray for the mother and I was holding the child in my lap and he was very comfortable with me but my husband who was tall white hair white Abraham Lincoln beard no mustache he would come over and the mother was sitting next to me and he would reach out to pray for her and the little boy in my lap would go (laughs) to my husband just push him away he didn't cry he didn't touch me he just sat right there so that happened two or three times and finally my husband said okay okay I'll pray for your mother I won't touch her <laughs> and so he prayed and she had a had a heart problem and and we felt and and knew God was healing her well before that meeting was over that little fellow was walking on his own and that's the testimony you know that I'll let it be thank you so much Amen. I it was, I wanted to make that you know so Mama was in town so, <laughs> but again that's the way Jesus is. He heal you. So if you're crippled, get ready to walk. Jesus looked at a, a man. He had a withered hand, and he said to him, "Stretch out your hand." He guy looked, and he did this. And they said, oh, wow, because until you do it, nothing has happened. You got to do something. Jesus, the way he heals, the way he does his miracle, you give him your five loaves of bread, he'll multiply it, give it right back to you. But if you sit back there and hold on to your bread and not do nothing, you stay there with your five loaves. You got to do, do, put some faith into action. Amen. So Jesus wants to heal. Why did Jesus heal the sick? Why? 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 The reason for that is because God called him to do that. God actually called Jesus to heal the sick. Before God asks you to do anything, even if it's to build, you remember how they build the tabernacle? Before he asks you to do anything, he'll anoint you for it. 
If he's to sing, he will anoint Aaron for it. Now, if I take Aaron's place, I'm not anointed for that. That's not kidding. <laughs> that's, another, that's another story. I do a, maybe a decent job, but they can tell the difference. <laughs> but God anointed Jesus for this purpose. To heal the sick. If you read in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Why? Jesus knew why he was anointed. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. When God anoints you, he stays with you. So he healed everyone that was oppressed by the devil. So what does that tell you? Sickness and disease is an oppression from Satan. God didn't send it. Sickness and disease is an oppression. You are being oppressed. No matter what kind of sickness you got, it's an oppression. And so God anointed his son, and that was his purpose. He went everywhere healing every single individual. All the scriptures were read before. Spending time with the multitude. Because that was his assignment. That's why he stayed so long. Spending hours laying hands on every single person. Because God anointed him. And he says, I must do the will of him who sent me. He's not going to quit, so he spent his time. And he's the same person today. And he wants to spend time to heal you this morning. So you get ready to get well. I don't care what the doctors say. We got a better doctor. On Wednesday night, I said to the people, if you need a, a new body, a body part, when, when a manufacturer builds a car, the manufacturer is thinking about his clients, those who will buy the car, and he makes sure that he knows some of the parts will go, after a while will wear off and, and, and wear out and, and become defective. So the manufacturer will make sure you can access the body parts for your car. Well, God is better than the manufacturer. He has body parts for your body. He knew that some of them would become defective. If you ask him, he'll give you a new one. Give you a new one. He'll give you a new one. In, in Matthew chapter, chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, it says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, <coughs> Excuse me, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and healed how many? Again, all. And the, mouth, the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. When you hear it from two different places in the scriptures, that's what God wants. That's the will of God for you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. He healed them all. Why? That's why. Why did Jesus heal? He says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. That's why he was healing them this evening, every one of them. Because he was the sickness bearer. He was the disease bearer. What he has borne, you have no right to bear. And nobody has any right to put it on you. And if Satan is going to oppress you on it, fight back. 
Because Jesus bore Two people came back. He bore it on the cross. He, he did this this evening, that particular evening, because he was fulfilling scripture. He was very deliberate. He knew that scripture. I came in the volume of the book, right? He knew the scripture, just like he stood in John and Luke chapter 4, and he read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and declared to the people, this day the scripture has been fulfilled before your eyes. He was doing exactly that in that particular scripture. And so he healed every single person and made sure he rid them of all their demons that same day. That same day. That's why I have confidence in the word of God, he'll be healed. Unless you don't want to. Unless you don't want to be healed. Some people like to be sick. They like the sympathy. Mm. They like the flowers that they sent to them. How come you didn't call me? I was sick. And they like to talk about their sickness all the time. And then they say, when you talk to them, then they say, well, God, I want you to take the sickness away. God says, what I have to do with your sickness is your sickness. My headache, my pain, my that, my that is yours. What will God do with that? Get rid of it, and God will help you get rid of it. It's not the will of God for you to be sick. It's just not that, because Jesus paid the price for you. I like this scripture here. Because in my mind, years ago, I saw it. And it was so exciting for me. That's why I really believed by the grace of God, because Jesus said, I'm a believer. How many believers you have here? That I can lay my hands on the sick and the sick will recover. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, oh, I, where is the opportunity to practice? <laughs> Amen. Just give me. I want to practice. You see, when Jesus healed, uh, the doctors we have, what are they doing? They are practicing. Jesus is the real doctor. He doesn't practice. The rest of them are practicing. But for me, learning to be like Jesus, I practice also. But I don't use medicine. I practice. I started laying hands on them. their deaf ears. And God started doing it. And he says, a healing minister. I said, who are you talking about? I'm just doing what Jesus said to do. And we can do that. And we can do that this morning. I got nothing to prove to anybody. Jesus is the real healer. And that's not humility thing, you know. This false humility stuff. I know he's with me. And he heals. I don't have to prove anything. And he's going to do that this morning. Amen? Because he is the one doing it. Thank you, Jesus. I saw this scripture and I got so excited. And God showed me in my mind what was really happening. And what was going on here. And it got me so excited. That God really wants to heal. Because it's generally God's will. To heal everybody. And so you choose the way you want to get healed. You didn't hear me, right? <laughs> you can choose how you want to get healed. It's, it's up to you. It's God's will. Let me share this scripture with you. Amen. He says in this scripture, when they are crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, recognized him, they sent out into all the surrounding regions. 
Notice not just the little town, the, all the surrounding regions everywhere, they sent words out. We got Jesus in town. You got what? You, you, listen, we got Jesus in town. They sent words all over the place. I get excited about this. This is really exciting. They got, they said, what all, word, they sent out into all the surrounding region and they brought to him all who were sick. Everywhere they gathered all the sick people. I'm sure they went to a man's house who was dying. They said, Can't, don't move him. If you move him, he probably die. Kipri said, hey, Jesus is in town. Get him out. You can't move him. He'll die. If he dies, let him die. We're taking him. And they brought all of them from everywhere. And when they got back to Jesus, those who went that way, those who went the other way, and they saw, oh my God, what have we done? We got so many people. How are we going to do this? Oh, wow. This is going to be really tough. How are we going to do this? I'm sure they were a little anxious, but they knew that this was the will of God. And notice what they did. They brought to him all who were sick, verse 36, and then they begged him. Amen. Yes, the word beg. They begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. Notice, they, they finally decide, we're going to get a formula to get everybody healed. If he starts laying his hands on them, that's going to take a lot of time. We just let him be comfortable. So, Master, please, can you just sit down and, and just let the people go by and touch your, your clothes? And, and that's okay. And Jesus said, okay. The will of God and the will of man, they met. And God said, whatever you want, are they here? So he sat down there. They sat down there and they were, I'm sure they all didn't go trying to touch him. But I'm sure they were in a long file. And, 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 and the one who is blind is back here. He's asking the fellow leading him, how far am I from touching his garment? How far? And the guy says, you got five people ahead of you. He says, oh man, what's wrong with you guys? Can't you move the line? Move a little faster. You're too late. I want my turn. And, and, and the one who has touched, who can see, he said, I can see your eyes. I can see your nose. They're yelling that way. And the guy on the line is saying, wow, they've already received them. Well, how, how many people we got now in front of me? Uh, can you see that picture? That's what happened. We forget that they were just people like us. I know how I would feel if I was in that line. I'll kick you to get it. <laughs> I'll kick you to get my turn real fast. And if you're too slow up, show you move what's the matter with you get is it is it difficult to touch just his clothes is it not just to touch his clothes what's wrong with you touch him and move on i need my turn amen we're laughing but that's exactly what happened Meanwhile, the lame fellows are running across the field back and forth. And you think Jesus is looking. My father made me to suffer. Say, I got to sit here. I'm sure he was laughing, wondering as the guy's touching the fellow's nose and all that. He's just looking at them all, being pleased his father's will was being done. Can you see the picture? How beautiful. How beautiful. How beautiful. That's why it's a joy to serve God. That's why it's a joy to follow Jesus. I don't have to be begged. It's when you don't have understanding that they have to beg you 
to serve him. If you have understanding, it's a joy, it's a privilege. Because you can have all things. Just like Paul said, all things are yours. That's what he did. I read something that really, from the living Bible, that really got to me. And, and started me thinking. And I also got very excited about this. I never read, I have, you know, I'm from the King James era, you know. <laughs> Thou and those, that's the way of us. But some of these new ones, God can really, really speak to you and let you know something. In, in Matthew chapter 15, <coughs> and I'm reading from the Living Bible, verse 29, it says, Jesus now returned to the Sea of Galilee and climbed the hill and sat there. And a vast crowd brought him their lame, their blind, their maimed, and those who couldn't speak, that's the dumb, and many others, and laid them before Jesus and healed them all. What did he do? He healed them all. He says, what a spectacle it was. A spectacle it was. Those who, were, who hadn't been able to say a word before were talking excitedly. And those who were missing arms and legs had new ones. I never read about something like this. They had new ones. The crippled were walking and jumping around. And those who had been blind were gazing about them. The crowd just marveled and praised the God of Israel. And you may say, well, what about that? I have read so much these days. It's incredible. I read of people that were born with genetic diseases in Africa. I mean, you know, by, by profession, I'm a scientist. And so I know about this DNA stuff. I know what caused, for example, uh, uh, sickle cell anemia, the disease. It's just a change of one amino acid. I guess I'm going too far. Where the genotype was changed. When this child was being born. And because of that one single genetic change, this person is sick and you can't cure them. There is no medicine for it. If you check their genotype, that's their gen genetic makeup, that's what you find. Today, there are so many that are being encroaching even in my own country. And they go to pastor for prayer. And they are prayed for and they go back to check their genotype. It's changed. The genes change. They don't have it anymore. The symptoms are all gone. Jesus is still doing the same today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. And there are so many of them that God has done this for. And I'm wondering what's happening to us. There was a child I read. He was born with, I read of, he was born with thick skin. No opening. No opening. Just thick skin. No eyelashes, nothing. And the mother heard about the words of Jesus, just like you read in the Bible. This happened in Kenya. The mother heard about it and took this child to this meeting. 
She wanted God to do something. And while they were praying, she had her eyes closed and she was praying with the minister. Finally, when the prayer was over, she opened her eyes and this little kid, he's never seen his mother before. He, she, he was looking up at her like, who are you? Until she spoke. Yes, he recognized the voice. I saw a picture of men lining up just to see that child. I read all, just recently of a child, he was born, something, the, his, his thumb was just cut off. And he went to a meeting and said, I want God to grow this thing out. And they started praying. And guess what happened? The thumb grew out. And God, just to make sure people knew, he grew out the thumb so he could use it, but he left no nail on it. So you can't doubt what happened. This happening in our time. It's happening in our time. You see, we don't, we are not very, many people are not as serious with God as they should. They are playing games with him. And so they, he's showing them nothing. Why? Because he says, if you love me, I and my father, we will reveal ourselves to you. He's not revealing himself to you because you're playing games with him. And he knows it. He knows it. And I tell myself, I'm, not, I'm through with that kind of stuff. I want to go with him. Anywhere you're going, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. What the Bible tells me is a lot of people today, the, the, the Christians acting really deliberately doing, you know, going the other way. They know what God said and they're going to cut themselves off and it doesn't bother them. You don't, don't know him. There is no light in you. There's no light. This scripture is so important. <clears throat> Jesus, John 10, uh, 14 verse 20. It says, in that day, you will know that I, Jesus, I am in the Father. You are in me and I in you. But he's saying, you and I will become one. That's why when I pray for the sick, guess who is praying for them? He is doing it. My hands are his hands. So when I put my hands on you, he's put his hand on you. Jesus said in that day, what day was he talking about? This morning, right there, right there. We're living in that time, right, right here. I know the Holy Spirit said with me. I know that, no doubt about it. That's the time. That's the time I said, God, I want you to, that scripture, let that scripture eat me alive. Eat me totally. I know that. I have no doubt. Jesus and the Father, they're one. I know that. But I want to know I am in him just, and I'm in the Father, and he is in me. Yeah. And that gives me confidence. Yeah. That tells me you're going to be healed this morning. Because he's here. Amen. Stand up this morning. Stand up this morning. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to be praying for the sick right now. And um, I'm going to start with 
if you have any kind of emotional, you're suffering from depression, anything for the mind, your mind, whatever is depression, whatever that is that you're suffering, it's in something emotional, I need you out here because God wants to heal you. God wants to heal you. God wants to heal you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I need people to stand behind these people. Can you make it? We have a long church. Pull those things back up here. Pull that thing back up here. And just so that we have just one line all the way back there. Thank you. God's going to heal you this morning, and you shouldn't suffer from it anymore. God's going to heal you right here. You don't have to deal with it anymore. You don't have to deal with it anymore. You don't have to deal with it anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Stand up here. You're going to be healed. I think he's already healing you. You can already feel it. You can already feel it? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.